worthy. He's worthy. If you would uh, shake the hand of somebody that you didn't come to church with tonight, just greet them with a good God bless you. Amen. We come to have church tonight. Glory. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Yark Fellowship. <laughs> Great church. Anointed by God. Moving by the Spirit of God. God's people filled with the Holy Ghost. Signs and wonders follow you. Because of the one who dwells on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Lord, we acknowledge you tonight. We acknowledge your Holy Spirit. God, move by your Spirit tonight. Speak to your covenant people. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Increase the anointing on their lives. Give them wisdom, Lord, from another world. Above all, Father, be glorified in whatever you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I got a word for somebody. God gave me a word uh, earlier today. And he said this. This is for somebody. When one door closes, another will open. God says, trust him because he's reliable. Amen. You'll receive that, sister. Amen. Amen. I want to begin here in Second Peter, I mean Second Timothy. I didn't have that in my notes, but that's okay. The Lord just put, put this on my heart. Second Timothy chapter 1. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Paul writing to Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Timothy was going through a period of time where he was going through some fear and de- unusual fear and depression. But Paul says, I'm persuaded that you have genuine faith, that your faith is genuine. That's what that word unfeigned means. It's, it's a genuine faith. But in order for Timothy to experience God's promise in his life, Paul said in verse 6 that there was something that he was going to have to do. He says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you, by the putting on of my hands. So he told Timothy, even though you got faith, you're going to have to stir it up. You're going to have to stir it up by faith. You're going to have to reach deep inside of yourself and begin to stir up that which God has already given you. And that's what God is telling us tonight. We already got faith, but in order for us to experience the grace of God the way God wants us to, we're going to have to stir up 
this gift on the inside of us. How many of y'all are ready tonight to stir up the gift of God? How many of y'all are ready tonight to be stirred in your faith to do that which God has called you to, which is to demonstrate to the principalities and powers his manifold wisdom in our generation? God is not fooling around in these last days. God's looking for a people who are going to believe him who are going to receive his word and step out and do the works of Jesus Christ. But it's going to take faith in order to do that. And it's going to take supernatural faith. It's going to take God's faith. And you and I have that. We have the faith of God. I want to begin... In Ephesians chapter 2, let's go there right quick. Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Father. You take over tonight. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith is a gift from God. Now, that takes the pressure off right there. You and I don't have to strain for faith. We don't have to even pray for faith. But we already got faith. So if you already got something, you don't have to battle for it. And that's where the enemy a lot of times uh, deceives us, that we have to uh, build ourselves up in faith. But the Bible says we already have faith. It's a gift. From God. It belongs to us. It's part of the fruits of the Spirit. And it came into our human spirits when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul, he knew how to operate in this kind of faith that I'm talking about. He knew how to maximize this gift. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, exercising this gift. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Now, um, I've been teaching this series of teachings in Calvert for the past three or four weeks. And actually, it takes about six weeks to teach this lesson. But God's going to condense it for us tonight. (laughs) And we're going to hit all the high points by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 2, verse uh, 20. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, or the anointed one, and his anointing lives on the inside of me. Paul had a revelation of the Christ in him. And you you and I need to get a revelation of the Christ in us. That's what's going to propel us into the victory that we need. But Paul goes on to say, he says, of the life which I now live in the flesh, Paul says, I'm still walking around in this physical body, so I'm living on the earth right now. But he says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what I want to focus on there is the fact that Paul says he's living by the faith of the Son of God. He's, he's, he's living by Jesus' faith. 
See, Paul is not using human faith, human natural faith. In order for Paul to do the things that God needed him to do, he was going to have to use a supernatural faith from God, that gift that we're talking about. And it was not human faith. You know, human faith is, uh, you know, you got faith in that chair that if you sit in it, it won't, it won't uh, tumble or crumble beneath you. That's human faith. But Paul's faith is a faith that is de- divine. It's a faith that, that is, uh, some people like to call it the God kind of faith. That's what it is. It's God's faith. Because Jesus is, of course, God in the flesh, was God in the flesh. So it's God's faith. So when he makes that statement, by the faith of the Son of God, what he's saying is, I'm living this life in this world by God, by using God's faith. It belongs to God. He's given it to me as a gift. You and I have that same kind of faith. We have that same type of capacity to believe, just like Paul did. Paul was just more highly developed in this, way, in this faith. But God wants us to become highly developed in it because in the, in the coming days, the Ark Fellowship is going to be a great church doing great things all the way around the world. God's going to raise up prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists out of this church. And this church is going to be a vehicle for the glory of God, not only here in Cyprus, but all the way around the world. Amen. And it's going to take a faith, this type of faith, to experience that. Now, since it's God's faith, that's what, we, that's what we want to look at tonight. It's God's faith, and we want to see what God's faith looks like in operation. Let's go back to Genesis, and let's look at God's faith. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. Now, God's faith, we have to understand, It speaks and it commands. God's faith speaks and it commands. That's that's what the Father did right there. He said, let there be light and light manifested. Now, because God is so highly developed in faith, in this kind of faith, it was an instantaneous manifestation because he's highly developed. He understands faith better than we do, obviously. But what he wants his children to do is grow in this area so that we begin to use this kind of faith in our everyday lives. This kind of faith, Galatians 3 and 11 says, should be a lifestyle. This is our lifestyle. This is how we are supposed to operate in the earth as believers. How do I know that? Let's look at Genesis 1 and 26. The Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we are made in God's image. Therefore, we're designed to function like God functions. I'm going to say that again. We are made in the image of God. Therefore, we're designed by God to function like God functions. So when you saw God speak uh, to, and, and command light to come, we have that same capacity to do the same thing. We have the very faith of That's why he gave us that faith. We have the faith of God to produce in that same way. We're made in his image. Now, can we agree with that? I said, can we agree with that? We can't go any further unless you agree with what I'm saying. Okay, good. Let's go to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. Excuse me. See, our fellowship is destined for greatness. I'm going to say that again. The Ark Fellowship and its members are destined for greatness. You've got to get in agreement with me tonight. Amen. But we're going to have to find out who we are in Christ and believe what the Word says. Above religion and above man's ideas. Psalms 8, verse 3. Now, David wrote this. He says, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, he's talking about God. Then he says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the subtle man that thou visitest him? For thou madest him, thou made him a little lower than the angels. Now, you know that word angels is translated Elohim which means God. So when, we, we, when God created man, he made man a little lower than himself. Okay? The Bible says, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, what that's talking about is dominion authority. And that dominion that the, that the Bible is talking about is exercised by faith. It's exercised by the God kind of faith. That's why God made us in his image, so that we could operate in this way to govern the earth and all the works of God's hands. But the only way that we can do that is by exercising this faith that I'm talking about, this gift that God has given to us. One of the problems with the church is we, and I say this a lot in my teaching, is we don't take advantage of our advantage. God has given us authority and dominion, but religion has convinced us that we're just ordinary. But we're not ordinary because we're born again, born from above. Therefore, we have access to things that people who are not born again don't have. We have the very spirit of the living Jesus 
living on the inside of us. His faith is our faith. His ability is our ability. Hallelujah. But we have to believe that. And we have to be willing to open our mouth and say what the Father says. We have to be willing to act like who we are and who he says we are. The redeemed of the Lord. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The body of Christ. Hallelujah. That's who we are. And God expects us to grow up into this area where faith is concerned. He wants us to exhibit this type of mountain-moving faith in our generation. Like I said, I don't have time to really go through all this the way I want to. You have to come to Calvin for the next few weeks if you want to get all this. But I want to hit these high points. Now, Jesus understood who he was. That's why he was able to operate in the way that he did. Now, before we get into that, I want to say this. I want to make this statement. Genesis 1, and we don't have to go there. Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 28 says that God created everything that we see by speaking words. All the creation was created by God speaking words. Can we agree with that? Therefore, everything that God gave man dominion over in Psalms 8 is designed by God to respond to faith-filled words spoken by man. Do I need to say that again? I will. Therefore, because God created everything by words, therefore everything that God gave man dominion over in Psalms 8, which we just read, is designed by God to respond to faith-filled words spoken by man. Can you get that? So, the works of God's hands are designed to respond to faith-filled words spoken by spirit-filled man. Hallelujah. In other words, the creation will respond to faith-filled words spoken by the redeemed of the Lord. When you speak to the mountain, the mountain has to obey you. When you speak to the fig tree, I'm getting ahead of myself. When you speak to the fig tree, the fig tree must obey you. When you speak to that sick body, that sick body must obey your command. Hallelujah. This is our portion in Christ. We need to see these things. The devil has robbed us. He's robbed us through religion and false teaching and false humility. These things are our portion in Christ. God wants us to grow up in this area where faith is concerned. Now, Jesus was highly developed in this area. That's why he was so, he was able to do the miracles that he did. But uh, religion has duped us into thinking the only reason that he did that was because he was the son of God. Well, he was the son of God, (laughs) but he was also the son of man. I think it's about uh, uh, 88 times in the New Testament he referred to himself as the Son of Man. And he referred to his humanity. Now let's look at a man, Jesus, who's using, who used the God kind of faith that we're talking about tonight. He used it to the highest degree. And he is our example of how a, a redeemed man or woman, hallelujah, it's supposed to walk in the earth by the power of the Holy Ghost 
through the authority of the risen Jesus and the cross. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Glory to God. Is anybody getting any help? The devil is not going to reign over you any longer when you get this revelation. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. Now again, Jesus operated in the world as a man. But he was a man who understood his place and authority in the earth. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that the ship was now full. Y'all remember this, right? And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillar. And they awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, talking about Jesus, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? i tell you what manner of man he was. And he, he's a Genesis 1 and 26 man. He believed the word. He believed the authority that God had given him was real. And he simply acted on it. He looked at his disciples and he asked them that question. He says, they, I mean, think about this. This was a, uh, a, a fierce d- demon-caused uh, storm. The devil caused this storm. This wasn't no regular storm. These were experienced fishermen. They had been on that lake many times. So they, they had experienced storms before. This was not an ordinary storm. But Jesus asked them, he says, uh, I know the storm was great, and I know, you know, the waves were fierce, but he says, why were you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Why why didn't you act on who you are in me? Why why, why were you afraid? Why didn't you act on who the Word of God says you are? The earth, and I'm going to make this statement again. Well, let's, let's go back to Psalms 8. Psalms 8 again, because I want us to see that again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We don't get this by just one time just going over this. This is the type of thing we need to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Psalms 8, verse 6. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. When the Bible says all things, it means all things. That means the waves. That means the weather. That means whatever is in the earth has been put under the feet of man. The earth is designed to respond to the commands of man. Now, that takes a little time to get used to. Because we're not used to or accustomed to operating like this in the world. We've been told, you know, that we're weak. (laughs) 
And, you know, we don't have this, this type of ability in us. But I'm just going to believe what the Word says. I'm going to believe what God says about us. I'm going to believe that we do have resurrection life on the inside of us. I'm going to believe that greater is he that's in me than he who's in the world. I'm going to choose to believe that when the storms of life come, I'm going to speak to that storm in the name of Jesus. And that's what we must learn to do. We must learn to act on what the word says and believe it. So the earth is designed to respond to the commands of man. Like, like I was saying, your body, it came from the earth. When God created man, he, 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 he took the dust of the ground. So your body is of the earth. Think about it. So when, you, when, when sickness and disease attach itself to your body, as sometimes will happen, you have the authority, because you're a spirit, to speak to your body and command it to be healed. That's where healing is. That's where the authority to heal the sick comes from. A man's ability through Christ to do that, to use the name of Jesus to operate and release that authority and power in the earth. So, the earth responds to the words that come out of man's mouth. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We've got a few minutes left. Verse 19. This is another example of Jesus exercising dominion over the earth. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And notice what the Bible says. And he said unto it. <laughs> he spoke to the earth. He says, he said unto it, let no man... Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Now, he spoke to the fig tree, and basically what happened is the fig tree obeyed his command. Well, he goes on to say, I think it's in uh, uh, Mark chapter 11, that same, that same instance he talks about, he said that, you and I have that same capacity. He says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. In other words, what he did, we can do also. I remember when I first got born again. I hadn't been born again maybe about a year or so. And I used to live in the medical center years ago. And... Although I had a car, I would walk to work from time to time. And uh, one of these days, uh, I was working at St. Luke's Hospital, one of these days I was walking and I had got a hold of some of this teaching like this. And I was new at it. And uh, so I saw a tree. <laughs> and uh, I said, in the name of Jesus, 
I curse you. And just kept walking. I didn't think much of it. Well, about a week later, I came and passed by that same tree, and somebody cut it down. <laughs> true story, true story. Somebody cut it down. And I was like, wow, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think God was just, you know, you know, blessing me and giving me confidence in this, in this principle, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I've often had to do that in my life now, you know, as a, as a man of God, I've had to, and y'all, I know you have had to do this too. You, you, you belong to the Ark Fellowship. We walk in this kind of revelation. I, I already know that. But we have to get back to doing things like that, acting on the Word of God, begin to speak to things. Like I say, you'll look kind of weird to the world, you know, but who cares what they think? You know what I mean? Uh, just today, and you know, when we're in our workplace or wherever, we got to start acting on these words. We got to start praying for people. When I, I was at work today, and uh, this gentleman who works with me, he says, uh, I said, well, hi. his name is Jr. I said, Jr., how you doing, man? He said, well, my old knee been giving me problems, man. You know, Jr's a he's not born again or anything like that. I've been witnessing to him, you know, from time to time, but he hadn't given his life to Jesus. Anyway, he says, my knee been giving me a little problem. And I was sitting over there at the desk. I said, uh, you want some prayer? He looked at me because I didn't. I said, well, yeah. He said, yeah, Roy, I'll take a little prayer. Prayer ain't going to hurt. <laughs> I said, say, no, it won't. It won't hurt. I said, so I went over there and I, 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 I laid hands on his knee. I said, well, first of all, I said, which one is it? He said, it's the right one. So he pushed his knee over there. And so I just laid my hands on it. And, and I said, well, you know what? I won't, I'm going to pray out loud. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want him to hear me pray. You know what I'm saying? So I did. I said, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this knee. Now, he looked at me. I could see him looking at me. You know? <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I speak to this knee. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Okay. He looked at me. So I walked on back over to my desk. And about 10 minutes later, he looked at me. He was looking at me kind of funny. He said, Roy, uh, my knee feel better, man. Well, I, don't know, I don't know what happened, but my knee feel, my knee feel better. I, I said, I say, this is a good chance, Lord, to, to glorify you. I say, well, that was Jesus that healed you, brother. I say, that was Jesus that healed you, brother. He looked at me. He said, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> but you know, this is, this is what God expects us to do. He said, the worst that I do shall you do also. And greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. See, he's seated at the right hand and he represents us there. And the works that, he, that we're doing on the earth, he's doing through us. Amen? Amen. So, The conclusion of this is this. We're living beneath our privileges. Everything in the earth can be spoken to. We're made in God's image. Therefore, we do have the spiritual capacity and, and the wherewithal to do these things, to act in this way. And we have the authority and the backing of God to act this way. False humility 
has robbed the church for too long. It's time for us to stand up, believe a word, and start acting on these type of things. Like I said, this type of teaching takes about, <laughs> about really six weeks to really, you know, break it all the way down. But I got one more scripture to share, and I'm going to let you go. Psalms 82. Now, this scripture I'm about to read here will get you kicked out of most churches, except the Ark Fellowship and the Ark Praise Center in Calvin. Psalms 82, verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. The mighty that he's talking about is you and I. He judgeth among the gods. He judgeth among the gods. Who is he talking about? The gods. He's talking about his children. <laughs> We're made in his image. Notice a little, it's a little G. We are not deity, but we are certainly his children. And he says he calls us what he wants to call us. He judgeth among the gods. Verse 5. They know not, <laughs> talking about us, neither will they understand, but we will understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. God says the, earth, the foundations of the earth are out of course. That's why, the, the, you know, you see all these uh, earthquakes and tornadoes and all that sort of thing. That's what he's talking about. All these things, are they're out of order. And God expects us to do something about it. Verse 6. And this is, where, this is where it gets you kicked out of churches. I have said, you are gods. <laughs> and all of you are children of the Most High. Glory to God. That, that, that's who you are. You know why that's who you are? Because that's who he says you are. And anything he says you are, that's who you are. You are gods, little g not, and all of you, hallelujah, all of us who have been filled with the Holy Ghost are children of the Most High God. Stand to your feet tonight. Glory to God. This is our portion. This is who we are. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is what the resurrection has done for us. Now, what needs to happen, though, is we need to believe this. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you give your people a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According, Father, to the working of your mighty power, which, Father, you wrought in Christ when, Father, you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only, Father, in this world, but also in that which is to come. And, Father, you placed all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, Father, because the enemy will fight us and 
come against us in so many ways. I pray that you'll strengthen us with might by your spirit in our inner man. That Christ will dwell in our hearts by faith. That we've been rooted and grounded in love. We'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. God, that we would be filled with all of your fullness. Now unto you, Father, who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. To you be glory in your church. By Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, Father, world without end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You walk out of here and you act like who God says you are. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.